to bring in Ahmed Riesgo, Chief Investment Officer at Insignio, uh, to talk energy and oil prices. Ahmed, so good to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. So oil is down about 1.8% today, up about 110 a barrel, so still sharply higher on the week. But you were bullish on, on energy even before the war in Ukraine. What's your call now? Is there still more room to run? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would actually advise investors to any dips in the oil markets to buy it. Uh, like you mentioned, we had been long energy as a long-term theme, part of a sort of structural super cycle in commodities, uh, largely due to the fact that for the last 10 years, there's really been underinvestment in CapEx in the oil space. So we knew that demand, or I'm sorry, supply was not gonna be able to keep up with demand. What the war in Ukraine has done, it's that it's, act, it's now have an added benefit of being a hedge to geopolitical risk. So um, I think the way for investors to play this is for an investment, you buy the energy stocks or the energy sector, but strictly as a hedge, you can actually buy, buy the physical commodity of oil. All right, so before we talk about some of these opportunities, what's your target for where's oil headed this year? Well, I think it's going to be relatively fat, uh, flat, considering if, if the base case holds, which means that the war in Ukraine does not spill over and that oil and gas imports and exports from Russia to Europe specifically do not get halted. But obviously there's a lot of tail risk here if they were to get halted or if the war were to spill outside of Ukraine's borders, you could easily see oil around $150 a barrel, even higher than that. All right, so $40 upside from here. So Ahmed, talk, about, talk to me about some of the names you like in this space. Yeah, we're actually focused on, on names sort of outside the U.S., even though we do find some good opportunities in the U.S., uh, but we think the Middle East is going to be one sort of big uh, winner out of all of this. Uh, so we're looking at names like Saudi Aramco. Uh, I know that we purchased their bonds here uh, over the last couple of months or so. We also like some Latin American names there, which are highly undervalued, names like Ecopetrol and Petrobras. Um, and then we're also seeing good names in the U.S. and Canada as well, although the valuations are not as attractive as they are overseas. I know you also have some ETF picks, URA, Global X Uranium ETF, and NLR, Venac Uranium, and Nuclear Energy ETF. I do have to say, I mean, both are lower today, so you say buy on the dips, but you know, URA is up 15% year-to-date, NLR up 2% year-to-date, so not quite as much on that one. But, but these are, are ETFs that you think still room to run despite being outperformers this year. Yeah, well, that's actually another play here on energy security because um, I think nuclear power is actually a place where, uh, you know, it's been underinvested for several years. It's been sort of a black, a black cloud over it. But what we're seeing from nuclear power is that it's much cleaner uh, than it used to be and a lot less dangerous. So there's a potential that some governments, especially in Europe, might ramp up their nuclear power production. So one interesting way to play that is through these ETFs that you mentioned. So those, that's for energy security. In terms of other areas of the market to consider, given considerable geopolitical risk, uh, what's on your radar? What do you like? What are you scooping up? Yeah, that's another great point. So we love big themes. And another big theme other than energy security is an increase in geopolitical risk, right? We, we sort of see the world now as a, a breakdown of the unipolar world where the U.S. dominated the world and was able to influence events um, to its own liking, the really, you know, the post-Cold War war era. We think now that has broken down into a much more multipolar world 
where different regional actors like Russia, uh, Iran, China, just to name a few, are going to have a lot more purview to try to shape, shape the world around them as they see fit. And that's going to mean heightened geopolitical risk for the next five, 10 years. So one good way for investors to play this is through the defense sector. Uh, you want to own, at least start buying into stocks that are going to be levered to the increase in defense spending that you're seeing around the world. Uh, Europe is a great point for the first time in a generation. European governments are now going to be meeting their defense budgets according to NATO law. And just from that, you're going to see an increase uh, or money flows into the defense sector. So just to confirm, these are longer term plays. So this would be a buy and hold strategy. Correct. Correct. Yeah. We're not really traders. We sort of buy themes for, for the long run. So this is a long term theme. This is a theme that's going to play out for the next five to 10 years. Uh, you're going to see increased sort of regional violence, re regional wars. We think the sort of Ukrainian war is sort of the first sort of battle in this new sort of Cold War II. Uh, uh, so, so these are stocks you want to own for the long term. Just so interesting because two years ago we were looking at negative oil prices and it's amazing how things have shifted. So uh, to, to have a five to 10 year time horizon, so much can happen. Um, but I, I do want to ask you because I know you're seeing shorter term opportunities in China. This despite regulatory risk, it seems like people are kind of torn, either staying away or saying scoop, scoop up some stocks because they're they're uh, considerable values right now. Right. So China was sort of hit by a sort of perfect storm of concerns here uh, right during the war. I mean, we're talking about the ADR delistings. Uh, they got a new wave of COVID. Um, sort of, they've had ongoing concerns about the property market. And then they sort of had this sort of uh, political risk out there in the headlines about their close ties to Russia. So the, the, the Chinese stock market was hit with this perfect storm of worries. Um, we think in the short term, they represent a compelling opportunity. For the longer term, however, um, I'm not so sure because I think that regulatory risk in China is still there. So China's sort of like a hyper EM play in the sense that uh, you can buy it when it becomes really, really cheap uh, to try to take advantage of a moment. Also, China's going to have some policy uh, uh, tailwinds in its favor right now. The Chinese government is going to be easing policy, which is the opposite of what's happening around the world. But long term, that geopolitical risk, specifically the regulatory risk in China, is going to be there and it's very tough for investors to price. Now, I do want to make one point because that's Chinese equities. But one place that we also see as a long-term compelling buy is the Chinese sovereign bond market. In fact, we think it's the most attractive sovereign bond market in the world, specifically in renminbi. And part of this is also tied to that theme of geopolitical risk. The Chinese want to basically create a separate payment system that has that's based around the renminbi instead of the dollar. One of the key components to that strategy is to have a stable renminbi uh, and, and obviously a very strong bond market. So we think that that's a very compelling play as a sovereign play, Chinese sovereign bond. I know you said you like themes. So I want to just ask you quickly about one other theme that we're, we've been talking about for what seems like forever. But, you know, the Fed rate hike cycle. How are you preparing your portfolios for uh, higher interest rates from the Fed here in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, certainly, those risks have increased dramatically. Uh, I think at this point, like seven to eight hikes are priced in. Um, we have been shifting the portfolio for sectors that benefit in a rising rate environment. Um, and we're talking about sort of value, but also high dividend paying uh, stocks, you know, stocks with high cash flows that are paying 
uh, out these payments to their investors as dividends. Uh, so we've been doing that. We've also been increasing other sectors that also do well in a rising rate environment. We're talking real estate, for example. If we do get into a stagflationary environment, which is a risk, it's not our base case, but it's a risk, we know that those sectors are going are to perform better than the overall market. Ahmed Riesgo, Chief Investment Officer at Insignio. Thanks so much for all of those thematic plays. Uh, always appreciate when people can talk specific stocks for us. Thank you.